how many here do not to do not require to be persuaded you don't need to be coerced pushed enticed how many here already know and by no I mean 100% certainty how many know that our God is an awesome God let me ask let me go even further how many can actually point back to your life and say I know that I know that I know that God is an awesome God if you know it and you don't have to be convinced of it I want you to give God the best awesome praise you have possibly given him Please tell the person next to you, our God is an awesome God. Tell your other neighbor, the one that has been reluctant to look at you. Tell that neighbor, our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. You may be seated, you may be seated. The sermon series throughout the course of this month, from trauma to testimony. Everyone repeat after me, from trauma to testimony. First Chronicles chapter 4 has been the theme verses here, verses 9 and 10, the theme chapter. The story of Jabez, the day we conclude. But here it is. I'm going to repeat this. It's worth repeating. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. Now, I need you to connect the ninth part. Here it is, honorable, the word honor, with the last sentence of this biblical passage. And God granted him his request. One more time. There was a man named Jabez who knew how to honor and was a man of honor more than his brothers. And the last sentence is what? And God granted him his request. There is a connection between honor and God granting your request. If we engage in a culture of honor, if we learn not just to respect. There is a continuum. There is. It, it is a continuum that cannot be denied. Usually as it pertains to people in our lives, even in leadership, in jobs, and careers, we usually fear the person that can do something to us. Fear. Fear inevitably in a good, healthy environment will evolve into respect. You no longer fear that person. You do what you do with them or for them because you respect them. But then you reach a place beyond respect, which is honor. The moment you learn how to honor those around you, those in your life, the moment we go to a culture, this nation is so divided right now. I mean, we continue. Every week an issue rises up that will divide people. Imagine a nation where even when we disagree with one another, I respect you because I know that you carry the image of God. I love you because I know you carry the image of God. I may vehemently oppose your worldview, but I respect you and I love you. And if we learn to honor one another, we will change the world. How many believe that? A culture of honor will prompt God to grant your request. He was the most honorable. His mother named him Jabez. I'm about to say Jabez. Because his birth had been so painful, he was called pain. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, oh, that you would bless me. Now notice here the writing. 
the, the grammatical composition of this phrase, this verse right here is so critical. Oh, he's shouting out. This is not some sort of introverted, passive prayer. Oh, that you would bless me. Oh, that you would bless me. Have you ever reached a point in your life where you're tired of the pain? Where you're tired of the pain, you're so exacerbated that you shout out, oh, that you would bless me. That's Jabez's prayer. Not only bless me, expand my Who prays like that? Not only bless me, but grow me. Expand my territory. Be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. That trouble and pain is very comprehensive. I'm going to break down in a few minutes, exegetically speaking, that phrase in the, in the Hebrew original language. And God granted him his request. So he prayed to the God of Israel in the light of everything taking place in America. In light of everything taking place in America, as I speak right now, there are protests and riots in different parts of the country. Already some certain organizations have unleashed the Krakens as it pertains to a week and a summer of unrest and, quote, bloodshed. So in light of everything that is being declared, I believe it's time for God's children to make an unbridled, unhindered, uncensored declaration. In the midst of all this, this melees and the fighting and all of that, this is what we do. Because Jabez did it. He prayed to the God of Israel. This is what we're going to do. Here's what we're declaring today. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is omnipotent. How many believe our God is all-powerful? Now, y'all, that, that's like not an all-powerful. How many believe he is all-powerful? Our God is omniscient. Our God is omnipresent. Our God is holy. Our God is just. Our God is love. Our God is truth. Our God saves. Our God delivers. Our God heals. Our God blesses. Our God favors. Our God forgives our failures, forges our future. How about this? Our God went to the cross for us. Our God resurrected for us. Our God ascended for us. And I know a lot of people don't believe it, and some don't preach it. We believe it. Our God is coming back for us. Jeremiah 10, 6. Lord, there is no one like you, for you are great, and your name is full of power. Jabez prayed to that God and said, bless me. Bless me. Somebody say, bless me. Bless. Now, here it is. What is a blessing? Now, when we sneeze, if you grew up in a Christian home or in a Catholic home, if someone around you would sneeze, we would respond with what? Yes. All, all the non-believers would respond with what? Yes. Thank you, you agnostic atheist. Yes. So... What is a blessing? A blessing, by the way, write this down forever in your life. If you're ever asked what, what it is to be blessed, a blessing is this. A blessing is God's favor and protection. That's how simple it is. A blessing is God's favor and protection. The opposite of a blessing is what? A curse. It's curse, a curse. We were cursed the moment that Adam and Eve, not my Eve, that I'm married to the other Eve. And, and what, when, when Eve and Adam, they messed up, the, the curse was unleashed. But when Jesus, when Jesus shed his blood on the cross, 
When he died on the cross, Galatians 3.13, Christ rescued us from the curse. I'm here to tell you Jesus broke the curse. I'll repeat that for the hearing impaired. Jesus broke the curse. I'm going to do it one more time. Jesus broke every single curse. If you're a Christian, stop saying that you're under a generational curse. Oh, no, you're not. It's impossible. Your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children cannot be cursed. If you are born again, your children and your children's children and your children's 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 children will be blessed. The curse is broken. Christ broke it forevermore. Ephesians 1.3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Let me show you something. Is my team ready? I asked my team to do something because I want to illustrate this. Wait, I got a key. This key represents the blessing. So instead of me just doing this, release the crackers. Give them out. I want everyone to walk out of a key. Give them out quickly, please. Expedite the process if you can. And once you have the key, which represents the blessing, Lift up the blessing. Lift up the key. Do I quickly give them out? Once you have it. Real quick here. Make sure you have them. If you have your blessing, lift it up. Real quick here. We're going to need some more uh, help here, Jason. Giving out the keys. Quickly, Pastor Jeff. Lift them up, please. One key. Lift up the blessing. This represents the blessing. You got your blessing? You got your blessing? Mm -hmm. Once you're, quote unquote, once you're blessed, lift it up. Lift up your key. The middle section somehow was discriminated upon, <laughs> which is morally reprehensible. So make sure we get them the keys. Pastor Armando, that middle section has been deprived. Give out the keys. If you have it, lift it up. If you're lacking a key, there are some keychains for cars and houses around here that we're going to begin to engage in. Once you have it, this is, this is critical. This represents the blessing. If everyone, everyone here who has the key, everyone here who is blessed, lift up your blessing. I want to see you. All the blessed people here, lift up your blessing. You got it? You have this? All right, looking around, looking around, looking around, looking around. Still looking around. All right, where's Pastor CSAC at? Pastor CSAC. Um, you have a key? You're blessed. Okay, so that's a blessing. Stand with me for a second here. One more time. Let me see your blessing. You're blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed. We're all blessed for ice cream. We're blessed, right? So you're blessed. Do me a favor. Go over there. Go in that corner seat real quick over there. Okay, Pastor CSAC, you're no longer where you used to be. But do you still have the key? Yes. Uh, I'm, no, 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 no. Are you still blessed, man? Sir, I'm still blessed. Got you. But you're not where you used to be. No. Life took you in a different direction. Right. But are you still blessed? I'm still blessed. You're still blessed. Okay. You're still blessed. Do me a favor. Go, go all the way to the back of the auditorium. I don't want to see you. Go back. Our, live, our online audience cannot see you at all. All these people around, they have no idea where you're at because we don't have a camera back there. So let me ask you, I, the, the people can't see you. 
but do you still have the key? Still have the key. What does that mean? Sir, I'm still blessed. Okay. People can't see you in this season, but you're still what? Blessed. I'm going to say it one more time. There are certain people that cannot see you, have no idea where you're at, but regardless of the fact that they can't see you and have no idea where you're at, you're still what? Blessed. You're still what? Blessed. You're still what? Blessed. So they can't see you. They have no idea. Some of them may be speculating. Your haters may be celebrating, but you're still what? Blessed. You're still blessed. Do me a favor. Come over here, Pastor Seasack. Run over here real quick, real quick. Walk with your blessing. 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 Pat, work with your blessing. Work, work, work. Just, just, I wish you're here. You're here. Um, I'm just, just, just get out of here. Matter of fact, do this. Do me a favor. Um, like literally, get out of here. Like the auditorium. Like out the, yeah. Like why out, not? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, we we haven't yeah we haven't done this thing before here here. This. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, get out. All right. All right. Ready? Pass Csac. Still here? Oh, you're still there? I'm out here. You're, so you're no longer inside. No. You're not inside what people perceive is the covering. You're outside the confines of what people would think you have to be under in order for you to be blessed. You're outside people's perception of where you need to be or what you need to be out to be blessed. And yet, do you still have the key? I'm still blessed. You're still blessed. This is for everybody here who has been outside the box and life judged you, hell judged you, other people judged you, and they did not know that even though you were outside a certain parent, you were still blessed. Anybody here blessed right now? By the way, Pastor Csac, the door is closed here. Are you there? I'm still here. I just closed the door on you. <laughs> Stop. I just shut the door on you. I'm going to ask you a question. The door was just shut in your face. Do you still have the key? Sir, I'm still blessed. I'm preaching to someone here. A door has been slammed in your face. I want you to know that that door does not take away your blessing because your blessing is found in the finished work of Christ that's in your life. Are there any blessed people in this house right here, right? Let me ask one more time. Is there anybody here in Sacramento who is still blessed? In spite that, how many have been through hell and are still blessed? How many are blessed on the mountaintop and in the valley? How many have seen God's blessing in the desert and in the promised land? How many have experienced the blessings of God on good days and bad days? How about this question? How many experienced the blessings of God on your happiest day and on your saddest day? If that's you, praise like you're blessed. No, in the matter of fact, no, 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 I'm going to ask one more time. I'm not going to be presumptuous or assume. Wait, if you, oh, I'm sorry. Let me look. You have your key? Oh, snap. Your key's different from my key. No, no. Your, your blessing's different from my blessing. No, you missed it. There are people that live life trying to get somebody else's blessing. 
your blessing was created for you. Your blessing is customized for you. I can't touch your blessing. I said, I can't touch your blessing. Matter of fact, let me declare, there's not a demon in hell or a devil on earth that will be able to touch or take away the blessing that God has created for you and your family. So now let me not assume all the blessed people in the house give God praise like you're blessed. Somebody praise like you're blessed. Somebody worship like you're blessed. Somebody act like you're blessed. All the blessed people, lift up your blessings. Look at your neighbor, tell them, neighbor, I am blessed. In the finished work of Christ, I am blessed. But tell them like you believe it. Tell them, I am blessed. I am completely blessed. No, from the bottom of my feet to the top of my head, I am blessed. You missed it. You're not just blessed on good days. And you're not only blessed when you come to church. You're blessed when you're going through the process. You're blessed. You're blessed every single day of your life. Wherever you go, you don't leave the blessing behind. Wherever you go, you are blessed. John chapter 1 verse 16 says that he will bless you upon blessing upon blessing. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3. In Christ, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are so blessed. And then Galatians chapter 3. That's scary. Galatians chapter 3 says some crazy stuff. It says all of God's promises to Abraham are actually yours through a Christ. No, you have no idea what that means. He says everything that God promised, everything God promised Abraham belongs to you, belongs to me. Do you know everything God promised Abraham? Oh, that means that you were blessed in the city, in the field, coming in and coming out. It means that he has made you the head and not the tail. Stop acting like you're cursed. Stop acting like you're a normal American. You are blessed beyond measure. You are blessed and highly favored. Act like you're blessed. Live like you're blessed. The blessings of God, the blessings of God, the blessings of God. Now make it legal. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the two children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Galatians 3.29. Bless Deuteronomy 28. It says this. You will experience all these blessings. You are blessed, by the way, based on what you do, who you are in Christ, who Christ is in you, but your actions bless you. Look at your neighbor tell him what you do will bless you. Now again, through, through the finished work of Christ, your blessing, your permanent eternal blessing is Christ. So if you have Jesus, means you have his spirit. His spirit is in your life. You are forever blessed regardless of what you go through and where you're at in life. You are blessed. But then there are additional blessings. Blessings that come as a direct result of what you do. I'll read them for you. You are blessed wherever you go. Your children and your crops completely blessed. That means your work is blessed. Your children are blessed. Wherever you go, whatever you do, verse 6, Deuteronomy 28, you will be blessed when you come in and when you come out. And then it says something crazy. It says, let me tell you about all the blessing. Matter of fact, it says, you're so blessed that if the enemy would dare come against you, you will be so blessed, verse 7, that if he comes against you one way, in seven he will flee. I'm going to break this down. Because it looks like there's this random verse about the enemy in the midst of a blessing chapter. No, it's part of one great continuum. Here's what the Bible is saying. You are so blessed. When God blesses you, you will be so blessed that if the enemy is silly enough to come against you, he's going he, to run smack into your blessed life. 
and it will prompt them to fall into pieces in seven different directions. I don't know if you got this. All the blessed people, raise your hands. If you're really blessed, raise both hands. If you're really blessed, repeat the following. I am part of a glorious, victorious, blessed ecosystem. I am designed by the Father, defined by the Son, and developed by the Holy Spirit. Oh, you got to repeat that part right there. You have no idea what you just said. You just told every devil to get off your back right now and you don't even know it. You, you literally told the devil, get off my back, get off my family's back. Let's do it one more time. I am designed by the Father, defined by the Son, and developed by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in Jesus' name, I declare today, lift it up, my family is blessed. Say it like you believe it. My family is blessed. My faith is blessed. My future is blessed. My mind is blessed. My health is blessed. My relationships are blessed. My finances are blessed. My integrity is blessed. My ideas are blessed. My dream is blessed. My seed is blessed. My today is blessed. My tomorrow is blessed. Next year is blessed. The year after that is blessed. All that I am is forever blessed. All the blessed people, give God a shout of praise. Lift up your hands, all the blessed people. All the blessed people, lift up your hands really high. Lift up your blessing. Lift up your blessing. Lift up your blessing. Lift up your blessing. Nothing can take away your blessing. Lift it up. I want you to lift it up and then put it in the palm of your hand like this. Hold it. Hold it really tight. Hold it really, really, really tight. Like nothing will be able to remove that blessing from you. Oh, I sense God. You are a blessed people. We are blessed children. We are born again believers. We live a blessed life. Notice, Pastor, say I've never said, Pastor Forte, that if you're blessed, you'll never go through anything. That's false teaching. I never said, oh, you're so blessed. You're never good. No, amen. What it does say is wherever you go, whatever you go through, whatever life throws your way, you are still wide. How many held on to the blessing? in the most difficult of circumstances. Raise your hand. How many have the kind of testimony that all of life yelled at you and shouted and said, let go of it, but you refused to let go? How many know now that it wasn't that you didn't want to let go? There was a hand on top of your hand that would not let go, permit you to let go of the blessing God placed upon your hand. How many know that God never let go of you? Even when you try to let go of Him, He never... All the blessed people, raise your hands. We are blessed. We are blessed by who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. We are blessed by what we do and we are blessed by what we do not do. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the path of the unrighteous, nor standeth with the way of sinners, nor stood up in the sinners. What we do not do, what we say no to. Ooh, wow. One more time. If you're blessed, lift it up. You are blessed. I'm blessed. You're blessed. Your children are blessed. We got to speak blessings upon America. This is a time for the church to rise up. Not only are we blessed, watch this church. Can you give it out real quick? Where's the team? Can you give this out real quick? It, somebody say, enlarge my territory. No, no, you got to say it like you believe it, like he did. Say, enlarge my territory. One more time, if you really believe that person, say, enlarge my territory. 
You're going to get this right now. Enlarge my territory means grow my reputation, expand my impact, increase my influence, give me more. Enlarge. Jabez, what a crazy prayer. I don't know if this, I don't know if you're getting this. This guy's name is pain, literally. All his life, he was known as the pain. And then he makes one radical prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Do you know what he's actually saying? He's saying this, I need you to grow me. I need you to give me bigger property. I need you to, I need you to separate me from my pain. Lift it up. Open it up if you have it. He literally prayed for this. I'm not making this up. This is called biblical contextualization. Solid biblical orthodoxy expository preaching from the biblical passage of 1 Chronicles chapter 4, 9, and 10. What does that mean? This is what he prayed for. He literally said, give me a bigger property. Does that make sense to you? No, 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 no. You, no, no. You, you. You, know what it, you know what it does? Dear God, I'm living to people that all their lives, they know me as the pain. If you give me a bigger property, you're going to separate me from the pain. I wish you would get this right now. If you give me something bigger, you're going to separate. In other words, I no longer want to be known as the pain. When God granted his request, that man was no longer known as the pain. He was known as the man. Bless man, because God, I'm prophesying to you now. I am declaring that you will not be known for the pain you suffered or the pain that you caused. I'm preaching to somebody. I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus, you will be known for the favor and the protection of God upon your life. If that's you, give him praise like it's all yours. No, no, no. If it's all yours, praise Him like you believe it and worship Him like you believe it. Give Him glory like you believe it. Your family will not be known for the pain. Your family will be known for the blessings of God upon them. He actually, lift this up for me. Lift this up. Imagine God enlarging your territory. Imagine God growing your impact and your influence. I don't know if you're getting this, but you will. Lift it up like this. When God says, I'm going to grow you, I'm going to bless you, people are not going to know you. Oh, 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 remember the Hebrew exegete that I promised you? You know what the Bible actually says? Jabez prayed this. Jabez did not just pray this. God, I don't want to suffer any more pain. That's not all that he prayed. That's why the original language is so critical. I'm going to tell you what he prayed. Much more mature. He said this, Lord, I don't want to suffer any more pain, but I no longer want to be the cause of anybody else's pain. It's easy for me to preach to you about what's been done to you, but we have a hard time preaching about what we've done to others. And usually what we've done to others we do to others because of what was done to us. All of a sudden, Jabez says, you break that forever. 
I don't want to be known for the pain I caused or the pain that I received. I want to be known for the blessing. And God granted his request. I don't know if you're here right now, but if you are, I want you to know this. I need you to get ready if you receive this word. God's about to enlarge your territory. Oh, three people got it. Seven are considering it. The rest are going. It's for somebody else. That's okay. I don't need to obligate you or coerce you. But if those that receive it and believe it, so help me, you're about to see God grow your territory like never before. If that's you, if that's you, lift up your hand and say, I receive it. If, no, no, if that's you, raise both hands and say, I receive it. I dare you to look at your neighbor tell them, neighbor, take a look at me now. Look at me now. By the end of this summer, by the end of this summer, by the end of this summer, you will see me in a better place, in a better place, in my mind, in my anointing, in my influence, in my integrity, in my family, in my relationships, in my joy, in my health. I dare you to lift up your hands. And just like Jabez, make that prayer. I dare you to say, bless me. Enlarge my territory. Say it again. Say, bless me. Enlarge my territory. One more time. Say, bless me. Enlarge my territory. If you believe God has the power to do it, lift up your hands. No, if you really believe it, go ahead. Lift up your hands. We, we serve the God of growth. 1 Corinthians 3.6. We serve the God of glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. We serve the God of above and beyond, Ephesians 3.20. Bless me. Can God bless you in such a way that you will not be known for the pain you caused or the pain that was caused to you, but you will be known for God's favor and protection. That will be the legacy of your family as you embrace the foolish work of Christ. So I'm going to ask one more time. All the people that believe that if God did it for Jabez, he can do it for you. All the people that believe that the same God that did it for Jabez will do it for you. One more time. All, all the people, not the people that hope, think, aspire spaghetti on the wall, but those that know that the same God that did it for Jabez will do it for you. Let's take it one different level. All those that believe that the same God that did it for Jabez is already doing it for you. Somebody prays and say, bless me. Enlarge my territory. No more pain. Lift up your hands. We're done. You have your key. You have your property deed. You think God could bless you in such a way? Increase you, grow you? that you will not be known for the pain you went through or the pain you caused, but because you will be known for the favor and protection? Absolutely. That is God's promise for you. That's why you're in this service. The Holy Spirit brought you here to activate this promise upon your life. That's why you come to church. This is not a religious participation thing. You come to church because God gives you a word that activates your purpose and your destiny. This is it. Lift it up. You still have the key? And now you have your deed? With, 
your hands raised. Here's the word of the Lord from God's word, undergirded with the spirit of God. We serve the God that enlarges territory. Your mental, spiritual, relational, financial, family, and faith territory will grow like never before. The pain will be, will be replaced with biblical prosperity. The anguish will disappear in God's righteous abundance. I hear the word of the Lord and I wrote it down because I was in Houston, God gave me this, and I literally wrote it down. I heard the Lord say, I'm filling your mind with innovation, with creativity and ingenuity. I heard God say this specifically, this is for someone here online. I'm giving you a new mind for a new season to do a new thing. Lift up your hand, I felt a breakthrough release right now. Your thoughts have been keeping your future hostage. And God says, I'm giving you a new mind. Renew your mind daily, the mind of Christ. God says, I'm giving you a new mind for a new season to do a new thing. I'm sending people your way that will help you manage the new. Oh. Isaiah 54, verse 2. God says this. This is what God said. Ready for this? God says, you want me to enlarge your territory? And then God says this. Oh, really? you really want that? So God says this. You want to enlarge it? And God says, make room. He says, what? You want me to grow? Then make room make room. Here's the word of the Lord. Make room. Stretch your courts. Enlarge your space. Go beyond the natural. Dream beyond the possible. Pray beyond the usual. Prophesy beyond the comfortable. Give beyond the normal. Praise beyond the pain. Forgive beyond the fashionable. Love beyond the feelings. Live beyond the lid and in Jesus name stretch something glorious is coming your way. Stand with me. You are standing. Let me have your undivided attention here, please. Woo. I was in Houston, Texas about to preach at a pastor's conference. I was in the front row about to go up. I had the iPad out. Jason's is next to me, we're ready to go. Holy Spirit just invades my life. No joke, no hype. Where's, where's Jason at, where's he at? Jason, I touch Jason's next to me here and I go, oh wow, dude. Holy Spirit just poof, that's the way we talk. It's usually poof, ah, oh poof. So we grunt. That's the way we talk. That's just the way guys communicate. That's the way we do it. And am I making this up? He just said, whoa. And I'm about to preach. And what, what, what he gave me had nothing to do with the preaching. So, and, and, and it, 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 I'm going like, okay, what do I do? And I just start, okay, Holy Spirit, what are, you, what are you telling me? And here's what I heard the Lord say. Now, if you have, I love what, what, the, what the apostle says. If you have, in the book of Revelation, if you have ears, listen to what the Spirit is saying. So you can't listen to this with a political lens because we don't do politics here. You can't listen to this with some sort of ideological, secular worldview. That's, listen to us. I heard the Lord say this. He said, Samuel, tell my people, just like it took place here in America with the overturning, the Lord says, I have the power to overturn what has already been established for years. 
in their lives. Tell them, I am the God that overturns, and when I overturn it, nothing could ever overrule it. Oh, you're, you're, if you're getting that, raise your hand. I'm going to give you exactly. I'm overturning. Somebody say, he's the God that overturns. He's overturning. As a matter of fact, I heard, here it is, the season to overturn. I will overturn what the enemy believed was permanent. Oh, wow. I will overturn what the devil declared was permanent. That sickness, I overturn it. That stigma, I overturn it. That depression, I overturn it. That failure, that defeat, that brokenness, that heartbreak, I overturn it. And when God overturns it, nothing can overrule it. Somebody shout like it's done in your life. God that overturns. Here's the God that overturns. Lift up your hands. There's a season of overturning. I hear the Lord. Lower the volume a little bit, just a little bit. Keep on playing. You're beautiful. Yes. I want you to hear the word. In this season, God is literally the judge of the ultimate court is standing up and saying, the enemy believed that what he established in your life was permanent, but I come along and like this, I overturn it. So you're about to experience just God overturning things in your life. I sense the Lord that will impact your children and your children's children this season. If you receive that word, lift up your right hand. If you receive it for you and your family, he's the God that overturns. And when God overturns it, nothing will overrule it. That is the power of Christ. That is the power of Christ. Bless me. Enlarge my territory. God says, I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it. I'm going to grow it. And then he says, no more pain. Don't forget. No more pain says this. I don't no longer want to suffer pain, but I no longer want to cause pain. So here it is with your hands raised. I'm going to declare this. You and your family, you will be the greatest blessing to everyone you know. God's going to bless you in such a way that wherever you go, you will bless. Oh, no, no, you're going to be so blessed that, that if, if I, ooh, what comes out of you? Blessings. Blessings. Wherever you go through, you're blessed. God's about to bless you in such a way that your family will be known as a family of unprecedented favor and protection. How many receive all what God is saying? You are blessed because of Jesus. Who he is in you and who you are in him. All of our blessings are attached to Christ. And if you think I'm preaching about Maseratis and Mercedes and BMWs, if you think that I'm limiting God to a car or a house, or a gold watch, you're in the wrong place. Am I saying that God never gives you stuff? Of course, that stuff is derivative outcome of the real blessing. And the real blessing is that Jesus is in you and you abide in him, the finished work of Christ. All of these things are added onto you. They're add-ons, fringe benefits. The real blessing is your relationship with Christ. So if you have your key, lift it up. You're blessed. I'm going to encourage you as your pastor to take that key, put it somewhere in your wallet, in your pocket, a purse, whatever it may be, but keep it somewhere where you remind yourself, wherever I go, I am blessed. If you have your deed, lift up your deed. Are you ready for God to enlarge your territory? Are you ready for God to expand your thinking? Are you ready for new ideas? No, I really, are you ready for God to send people your way to make your dream a reality? Are you ready for resources like never before? 
Are you ready for God to surprise you with what you've been praying for in the past three years, showing up like this and turning your life? Absolutely, absolutely. So let's do it. You should be asking, what's the third element? Like, what's the whole no more pain? Do we have it? Lift it up. There it is. Isaiah 53, verse 5. 1 Peter 2, 24. He bore all of our sins, all of our pain, all of our sufferings, all of our weaknesses on the cross. He paid the price for everything. Everything means everything. He took care of it all, including our pain. Not just physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, relational. All of our pain. He paid the price. Take this home. Take it with you. Remind yourself. He blesses me. He grows me. He takes care of my pain. If this message is 132% for you, now give him the final praise shout that you can give him this afternoon. Now, now, if this is all for you, shout and praise like you actually believe it's all for you. If you receive it, look at your neighbor tell him, I am blessed. My territory is growing. No more pain. Tell your other neighbor the same thing. I am blessed. My territory is growing. No more pain. All right, all right. As you stand with me, I, I promise to wrap up. I thought hard, long and hard of whether or not I would share this with you. I am in the context of what's happening. Not everything requires pastor to address issues from the stage. Not everything. This, our church has a prophetic mandate. I'll tell you why. In the green room, there is an article from the New York Times. When there was racial unrest in this nation, the New York Times, not by coincidence, supposedly by coincidence, not by coincidence, in the middle of COVID, came to this church in order to capture, is there a solution out there? When George Floyd was murdered, they came to this church and ran a one-page article and said, that multi-ethnic, multi-racial church, that's the answer. So this church has a national prophetic mandate that we cannot deny. So there are issues, be it racial unrest, racism, be it something else, and now this issue. This church is not a political church. This is not a Republican church or a Democrat church. Pastor Sam, are you a pro, what are you, pro what? Pro-Bible, pro-Jesus. Pro the Father, pro the Son, and pro the Holy Spirit. And because we are pro Jesus, I can't deny John 10.10. 10. I have come to give you, thank you very much. See, I'm just a man of the book. Now, when this took place last week, I just want you to hear your pastor's heart. It's important. There are so many people viewing around the world. This is what I wrote. Now is the time for the people of God to step up proving that we are comprehensively pro-life and pro-women from the womb to the tomb with not only rhetoric but actions that dignify, care for, and protect the lives of mothers, children, and families. We must be the hands and the feet. Now is the time to unleash the greatest adoption movement in American history. To come alongside women making difficult decisions and provide the necessary spiritual, emotional, relational, and economic support to undergird the continuum of life designed by God for all his children. The church must come alongside mothers and provide the necessary economic support that government cannot provide. 
as we celebrate this biblically substantiated victory, we must likewise double down in providing services of compassion and outreach and support for the mother and the children, not just in the womb, but after the baby is born. We can't just be pro-life, which we are for the baby in the womb, but we, we, we have to be pro-life after the baby is born. When that woman makes that tough decision or she's inclined to, we want to come alongside and say, that baby is created in the image of God. That baby has purpose, but if she says, I'm aborting it because I can't afford it, the daddy run out on me. What are we, if, I'm going to get in trouble for this. I don't want to hear any pastor, any preacher say, I'll pray for you. We gotta go beyond prayer. We gotta go beyond prayer. So prayer is great, yes, but we go is prayer plus. And that means we, we come alongside. If you don't want your baby, we'll adopt your baby. And by the way, if you really want your baby, we want to adopt you. The church will come alongside you. For churches to rise up and say, we won't let you starve, we won't let your baby starve. That's how we change the world. We're not Democrats or Republicans, we're God's children, first and foremost. And that's how we change the world. I posted this, it was a press release issue. I knew it was God because people from both sides of this debate came along and said, oh wow, we the compassion, the reconciliation, the holistic worldview, and that was the Holy Spirit, that wasn't me. I wrote that. The Spirit of God filled me and wrote it and brought people together. By the grace of God, I advise, the reason I bring it up is because I can't be quiet. President Bush brought me in. One of the areas I advised him in was this. Let me surprise many of you. When I advised President Barack Obama, guess who served on a abortion reduction task force? He had a task force that lasted for a few months because then the outside groups came and derailed it. But President Obama, I was there in a meeting with President Obama. He said, about six of us, I think. He said, I want, I'm going to surprise, this is 2009, I'm going to surprise America and the world, and I'm going to be the president with the least number of abortions in my administration. How about that for those that think it's a Republican and Democrat issue? No. And then outside groups came in and threatened and derailed it. My point to you, this is not political. It's not. Make sure your postings bring people together. We're Christians. We believe every single human being is created in the image of God. Every single being has purpose. But we likewise will not judge women who have made decisions in the past. Any Christian who dares to point a finger needs to repent in the name of Jesus. We need to demonstrate love and compassion as we offer an alternative that's rooted in the Word of God and undergirded with the Spirit of God. If you agree with this, give God a clap of praise right now. We don't sacrifice our convictions.